Welcome to another episode of Movies That Make Us. I'm Jake. I'm Tracy. And I'm Belle. And we are back with another January movie. How are you guys feeling? We're almost through the month. Like, I know it feels like halfway still is a long way to go. <laughs> We're getting there, though. Only yeah. halfway. Every day is progress. I feel like we've been in this month for a year. <laughs> Only halfway? I thought this was like the last week of the month. No, we actually, so when this, part of it is we're recording this early. Yes. But when this does come out, there will still be one more Monday after this one. It's been one week since you, oh. Oh, man. (laughs) But, but the good news is Val. The good news is Val, when, when this comes out, you will be in the middle of Sundance Film Festival. I will. I am so tired already. (laughs) (laughs) every day I open and I hate to complain about it because I'm so excited like years and years ago I said that I wanted to be a full-fledged like film critic and just watch movies all the time and not have to pay for it nothing is free however um (laughs) um, I do have to spend a lot of time and I I don't know if I can I mean I don't think I have to keep this a secret but not only do I have Sundance that starts this Thursday and goes for 10 days but i told marshall moore and michelle moore they now own the zions film festival um, mm. i am a juror i'm a judge oh wow, for Best wow. Picture, and they just sent me 19 movies to watch yesterday so not only <laughs> wow. do i have those 19 <laughs> movies to watch and i got one done today um, I also have eight movies to watch before Sundance starts that are Sundance movies. Plus, there are movies that actually come out in the real world this week. And then once I get to Sundance, I'm just going to try and get through as many movies as I can get into as press. It's okay, I'm, I'm tired just hearing about that. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. That's a lot of movies. I Ooh. need, I need, like, I used to be all like, I would get excited about Sundance and I used to work it like not watch movies but like work it like crazy and I would get Mm -hmm. all this adrenaline and now I'm 43 and now I'm like remember last year when they canceled (laughs) it and I got to watch it from home (laughs) but I'm, I'm excited to actually be up there I haven't been up there actually been to Sundance in person in like five years it's been a minute um, so I'm excited to see people. I'm excited to rub some shoulders and tell people about our awesome podcast. Um, and our friend Larry Curtis and I are going to be up there trying to get some funding for a super secret documentary that he's letting Ooh. me work on with him. Very, so, very cool. So very, very my favorite, cool. My favorite Sundance memories is when I was going to film school at the U. And I took a, a Sundance class and all you had to do was go watch Sundance movies and write papers about them. And I took the uh, the beginner level, the entry level the first year, which was 10 movies. And then it was 20 the second year. And by then I knew the professor and I knew that he didn't really read the papers. He just kind of like gave them to his assistant. So I kind of used that a little bit to my advantage, you know. Nice. <laughs> well, last year I saw 37 
I'm wow. hoping to hit 37 this year as like starting Monday, um, they allow us press to then go on and screen some digitally as well. Nice. So, okay. um, so I'll, you know, be able to do that and then hopefully trying to fit in a bunch of interviews with filmmakers, um, that everybody that. can watch. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff coming through and it's just so many emails. It's so overwhelming. It's a good, it's a good problem to have because yeah. last yeah, year right. I would get just a few. And now this year it's like, you know, ten a day, and I'm like, how do I decide? I can't interview all these people. Like there's just so <laughs> many and I'm so excited, but That's it is, so cool. it is a little bit like overwhelming that this sure. is like what, Cause I don't, I'm not like a real, like, yes, you are media person. Like I don't, I don't have like, I don't have to go there for the times or like right. variety and like, yeah. like really get it. Like I get to pick and choose what I want to sure. watch. And then sure. I go Which on good nice. things, Utah this Friday and next Friday. Uh -huh. And I talk about it in the experience. And then on my podcast, I put whatever I want on there. So that's really nice. But just think of like, I was being held accountable for stuff. <laughs> but in my case, I'm out. Yeah, it, it does change things quite a bit. Like more of a job and less fun. Right. Yeah. It does definitely change the perspective a little yeah, bit when it's, yeah, when that's the I case. I haven't been up there in probably 20 plus years, so I'd be interested to see. Uh, if you want to go was, up, you just tell me. I was there in the early, early 90s. Or, well, probably mid nineties. Um, yeah, that's but, that's like that's like thirty years now, Tracy. Yeah, by the way, mid nineties is almost thirty wow. years. I know. Thanks, Jake. Um, I'm super excited because um, but Kevin I got Hart's the, media company is having a party, and I got an invite, so I will be doing that nice. on Sunday. So, I, I, one of my favorite things is I got to actually meet Errol Morris, who's one of my all-time favorite filmmakers. Um, got to meet him and talk to him for just a minute and tell him how much I appreciated his work. And nice. uh, that was really cool. Got um, bumped into Tim Roth once and got an autograph, which was fun. You got to meet Jack Black. We and ran together. Movie. Yeah. Maybe he'll come run with us when we do there we our go. 10K at Disneyland. <laughs> hey, Jack. Team, team, team movies that make us plus Jack Black. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. That would be a whole new Jack Black January. Run with Jack Black. I mean, oh, I would totally do it. Yeah, but you have to. It's a knee high run. Yeah, yeah, the whole time. Yeah, it's the goofy little Jack Black knee high run for 10k. No problem. Yeah, so we got this. A lot of movies I'm going to be consuming, and I'm really excited about the Zion Film Festival. It's in March. Um, I'll be talking that? about mm -hmm. it a little bit more um, as it gets closer. Last year, I did a films critic, a film critics panel for them, and this year, um, I'm judging some movies. So, is it, is it here cool. in Salt Lake or is it down in? Southern I mean, Utah? I don't even know, man. Like, hmm. I don't know where I am right now. But again, <laughs> yeah. like as it gets closer, sure. <laughs> I will make sure that everybody knows we should probably have. Michelle and Marshall, like, come talk about a movie. Oh, love that on our show, and maybe yeah. talk about the film festival. We, we um, did have Marshall one time with the Sandlot, so it would yeah. be awesome to have I him back that. and yeah, talk have about him something. And Michelle and, talk to and talk maybe they can the film pick a couple's a couple's movie we can talk about, and then like we can talk about the festival. But yeah. so far, well, I'm one movie in, and I was so impressed with this movie, wow. the first one that I watched, and so I'm very excited to see. 
the rest. I'm a huge I'm a huge fan of independent film. Yeah. Um, it sometimes it's hard to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, really low budget films. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I'm excited. And mostly what I watch when I go to Sundance is documentaries and foreign films. And I know that might mm-hmm. some people might be like, oh, oh, serious, boring. <laughs> but that's my jam. That is my jam. Well, if, well, and if documentary the... foreign films from Sundance <laughs> is not your jam, this episode may not be your jam. <laughs> Just gonna warn you. Well, now. this is how I knew about it. So because Sundance is coming up, I watched because I got to choose. Like they sent out the app to press last year, and it was like pick your twenty-five movies that you absolutely want to watch. And it was so hard. But the minute I saw this documentary that we're going to talk about today, I was like natural disasters and love stories. Like this is <laughs> like perfect and subtitles. This is perfect for me. Um, mm-hmm. And, <clears throat> and it did so well. And it has been nominated at so many different award shows yeah. um, this year. So you probably heard about it, but the great, the greatest part of it is I'm so happy that you can watch it on Disney plus because often these foreign documentaries that you get to see at film festivals, they just kind of disappear. Um, But it got picked up on national geographic and you can watch it on Disney plus. So that made me really happy. Yeah. One of the things, if you're going to Sundance, I mean, yeah, it's fun to to see like the big name stars and the independent (laughs) films and stuff, but uh, almost everything is going to come out on video on demand on streaming um, so yeah, I'm with you, Val. I'd seek out those little nuggets because, but it's so great now because they actually get a chance to come to streaming, whereas mm-hmm. before they'd be obscure and hard to find and maybe never released, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, seeing well, this mean, on Disney Plus is great. Without Sundance, we wouldn't have had Coda because that's where it came out. And that's that right. is actually up. doing yep. a special screening again this year. So if you oh, want to really? see it. In theaters, they're doing a special screening of it um, in the Sundance schedule um, at uh-huh. a couple different theaters. And so, yeah, and I think there's even one with a Q&A. Um, oh, wow. So, yeah, go on and see if it's not sold out yet. But if you haven't seen Coda in theaters, you have another chance. Excellent. Awesome. Well, we have been talking a lot about Sundance. We're going to continue because the movie we're talking about today was at Sundance last year. Uh, and as Val mentioned, is available now on Disney Plus and Hulu. But before we talk about the movie, we want to take this opportunity to remind you, if you have not, to subscribe to our YouTube channel, like this video, and leave a comment. Leave a comment with your favorite independent film that you've ever seen, as we're talking about Ooh. Sundance and independent films. Ooh, and, that's yeah, helpful. we're going to make it hard. Uh, <laughs> and we would love to hear what that is. Also, if you are listening on the audio, make sure that you're following us on whichever podcast app that you're using uh, so that you never miss a new episode. So I wanted to take that opportunity really quick before we dive into Fire of Love, which again was at Sundance last year. Uh, It is a documentary. And Val, I feel like there was a little bit of a bait and switch, and this is not a bad thing. (laughs) When you presented this documentary to us, you said there's that new volcano do- documentary from Sundance last year it's now on Hulu and Disney Plus and we looked it up we found it and I watched it and I said this is a love story not just a volcano documentary and I told I you it was a feel it. good I thought you were going to be mad because no. it is a feel good <laughs> but at the same time it's kind of sad but to me like the overall story of it is so good 
that that's why I figured it it went with our month so well. Yeah, absolutely. So, I no complaints about the movie whatsoever. That was mostly just I like I said you it was a volcano documentary and then as I started watching I'm like this is so not just about volcanoes at all, which was awesome. <laughs> I can't so give those, it all away. Then there's no right. surprises. <laughs> but for those who haven't seen it, it's the story of two volcano volcano volcanodists. How what, what I can't Volcanists? remember how they, Vulcanist? Like Vulcan? Uh, Vikingology, Vulcanology, Vulcanology. Vulcanologists. Vulcanologists. Yeah, they're not Vulcans. Just think Vulcan and then say ologist. <laughs> yeah. Vulcanologist. Yeah. Um, who are married to each other, who um, have documented and probably produced more footage and more scientific knowledge of volcanoes than anybody in history. Um, and it's kind of their love story along with some of the most visually stunning footage you're going to see in a long time. Well, and I love it how we learned so much about the different kind of volcanoes because mm -hmm. I think when, when everyone thinks of volcanoes, you think of a red volcano. You think of the right. big mm -hmm. fiery volcanoes. And, and not many people think about the white volcano. Um, and it there's another... Um, there's another documentary that's out there right now that I believe is on either Netflix or Amazon. I'm sorry. I should have gotten this information beforehand. Um, but it's like these natural disasters and it's about a volcano that is, that is a gas volcano that just like burned all of these people alive that went out to see it. And I, I was just, that. and I was like, I, it's so horrific, but then you watch this movie and what it does, what this movie is, is it shows you how beautiful and scary nature is at the same time, but mm -hmm. how much we still do not know. And also yeah. how much we don't listen to the people that do know. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. There's a sequence in the film where they talk about how they warned this, this country and this village that there was an impending volcanic eruption and they needed to get people out of there and people didn't listen. And that village was just decimated and destroyed which is terrible and awful. But the great thing is, is that we, that people learned from that experience. And then when it happened again, when again, the warning came out, this is imminent, this is going to happen. Then people listened and got out beforehand. Mm -hmm. So their knowledge of, uh, and like I said, they probably have enriched the scientific community with their, uh, with their knowledge and their footage um, <coughs> and, and experiments than just about anybody ever. Yeah. And, and at the same time, as much as they knew and as much as they could predict and understand volcanoes, probably better than anyone else on the planet, like you said, Tracy, like you it's still that unpredictable, um, you know, they, they talk about volcanology as being a, an observable science and that you're just kind of observing what has happened. Right. And it's a lot harder to kind of predict things. And, and even with all of their knowledge, uh, I mean, this isn't a spoiler. You watch the movie two minutes in, they say, this is them the day before they die, this basically. This is their last you know? day. Yeah. And, uh, and then it goes into their, their background story. But even then, they, with their understanding, expected the the explosion at that volcano in Japan to go one direction. And they thought they'd be safe where they were standing, and, and they weren't. And it was even crazy they were to the see experts. that footage. Because oh, it yes. went this way and then it moved like a tornado. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was just crazy how this camera off into the distance, you see the cloud and then you see it kind of pull back into itself and go the other way. Yeah. And it was just so crazy. And that small village or that small town that wasn't that small, because I mean, 
what was it mm-hmm. like 30,000 people died or something? Yeah. It was yeah. the government that said the evacuation plan was too expensive. Yeah. How yeah. much is one life worth? Like right. I get yeah. that things are expensive and we go over this all the time. Every time we talk about a natural disaster, like when we see all of the flooding, you know, from things like Katrina and we see all the earthquake damage, the thing about those are though, is that we can somewhat predict when mm-hmm. big earthquakes are coming, not as, as, as well as we can do with monsoons and tsunamis and right. like mm-hmm. all of that kind of, cause we can kind of see that sometimes they end up a little bit bigger than we, you know, thought tornadoes can go different directions at any time. They're all horrendous. But what they say about the volcano here is it's just like, you don't know when the earth's going to decide to be volatile like that, because, you know, with the red volcanoes, it's that buildup underneath that's coming. And then with the white one, it's they're pushing against each other instead of shifting or pushing away from each other. And so Mm -hmm. you just don't know when that sweet spot is going to happen. Um, But I Mm -hmm. love how like their relationship was also unpredictable. Like they're just two, Uh two weirdos. Like we all are weirdos. We're all weirdos. (laughs) Right. And we just hope at some point in our life, we're going to meet another weirdo that's <laughs> similar to us that will get yeah. along with our, with our weirdness. And it was just, I love how they explain, you know, that they were just happened to be two people that liked this weird thing in the place at the same time. Like it's, just, it's, it's an anomaly, just like these natural phenomenons yeah. that happened that you just couldn't predict because if they wouldn't have been in that same place at the same time and they wouldn't have met and they wouldn't have been a couple would we know as many things as we know? Would no. they have been as powerful without each other, without no, I, having a person push them along? Because it seemed like it was so frustrating of a job to have, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't think Maurice would have lived very long no. without Katya no. because I think she was. She was a little bit more grounded. She was a little bit uh-huh. smarter. She understood the gas, the chemistry part of it a lot better than he did, and I just think. And he was so reckless. I mean, he's and, burning know, his legs up. Putting like, <laughs> his legs <laughs> Oh, yeah. Like that one. And, and you know, she talks about, you know, at one point she's like, that 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 was her biggest fear is that he would just wander off yeah. and then she would never see him again because he just kind of went wherever. And so I think without her, he definitely wouldn't have lasted as long. And I don't think she would have been as daring without him. I mean, I, I think she was that. super interested, but I think he pushed, they pushed and pulled and helped each other. And, and you're right. The fact that these two met and fell in love and were, you know, they talk about that being on the earth at the same time, these two that loved the same thing as much as they did and had this same passion. Right. What, what, I don't know what you want to call that. If it's well, fate, mean, the universe or whatever, like yeah. it is stuff like that is amazing to me. Well, and, and like you can find people that you can bond with over like movies or books or all sorts of things, but having a burning, pardon the pun, passion for no, volcanoes, like I don't know too many people who are like, I want to go to the edge of a volcano and document what's happening, let alone. Yeah. And then actually follow through within, with it. Yeah. And they grew up within 25 miles of each other. It was like, what? Yeah, it's crazy. Or something? You yeah, know? it's crazy. And and they were supposedly set up on a blind date. Like, who were the friends that set them up? 
you know, I've got this friend who talks about nothing but volcanoes. Hey, me too. Dude, maybe they would like each other. If we get that together, we're maybe they stop talking them. to us about them. Yeah, exactly. Like we're just done listening to them talk about volcanoes. Maybe they can just talk to each other. Um, but what I really love about this movie, and I, I like documentaries, and I think there's a lot of really great documentaries out there, but this one to me felt and played a lot more like more of a a, a romance movie yeah. almost, you know, where these were characters that were written. I mean, because it, it almost feels like you cannot make this stuff up that they would be in the same place at the same time. Um, and they were. And so it felt much more like a story that somebody had written and the way that they put it together, it played that way as well. And that was enjoyable. I'll be honest. Like it felt like these were our protagonists in a story more than, a historical chronicling of these two individuals and their scientific discoveries. But we got that too. Yeah. There's a, there's a quote from Pedro Almodovar, the filmmaker who once advised new filmmakers that it isn't enough for a film to move. It needs to dance. And mm-hmm. that's what this does for me. And when we think of documentaries, unfortunately, a lot of times we think of the old stodgy, boring, just factual information. And that's not, at all what documentaries can be and no. this one like there are shots of this that are like straight out of a sci-fi movie like the composition and and this is what's incredible to me these guys these two people are like scientists they're not filmmakers they're not cinematographers but they're getting images that are just like people would die mm-hmm. for when and i think it's on the cover of the uh the poster you've got the red volcano erupting behind them and them in their silver suits walking away from it. Yeah. It's, it's crazy that they got that kind of footage. The the silver suits were my favorite. It reminded me of something like right out of the old star Trek series. (laughs) Totally. That's what it looked like. I do love the scene where she's putting on her helmet and he like throws a rock at her head and it just bounces (laughs) off. (laughs) Just to make sure. Yeah, it was just the silliness that they had. And and it's funny because you do see those kind of interactions throughout the whole thing between the two of them. And you're thinking as they're walking over a river of lava, they're just like right. joking around and like, oh, I don't, you know, they, <laughs> oops, like, yeah, exactly. Like they, I, and that was the thing is you could see throughout the whole thing, all of the quotes, all the times that they talked to them, the passion that they had for this. And I think for me, that was, you know, you you talk about the feel good part of it. For me, that was a feel good thing. Like find that thing that, that just drives that passion and, and make that your life. And it doesn't matter what it is, but like finding something that you can attach yourself to like that, like these two did, it's pretty amazing. Um, And I just, that really stood out to me a lot. And I thought the the timing of everything um, was really great. I loved the narrator that they used. I feel Uh like it was a really good fit. And like you said, Tracy, like making it dance, like going between um, television footage of interviews and then going into their own footage and then going into footage that the current filmmaker got of different areas and just like utilizing all this different media and then even having some animation in there when they show their Mm -hmm. hometown and they show, you know, the tectonic plates kind of, (laughs) you know, going back yeah. and forth under their, you know, hometown city. And like, it was just, it wasn't too much. Sometimes we get that and is it's just so much that it doesn't work. And I felt like it was such a good 
marriage of things um, that it, I was constantly keeping my attention yeah. because there was so much different media being used, but not so much that you thought it was that you couldn't keep up. Well, and it was crazy too. I was thinking about it as an editor and I'm like the amount of footage that this couple captured over the years that you are going through to try and cut down and combine and tell a compelling story. I'm like, that's because what you have to do is when you're editing, you create a shot log and you basically have back in the day, you had a sheet of like a notebook with a pen. And now of course you'd have spreadsheets and stuff, but you would literally write down what happens in every single shot so that you could remember and go back and find that clip again. Well, and you have different sizes of clips. So you have to then size out, each of the scenes to fit to be the right size, then you have to color it because all of these different uh-huh. things are different colors. But and then the sound they, sounds amazing. And like they shot I on different film stock and they shot yeah. at different ISOs and I mean it's incredible. Yeah. Um yeah. but the the thing that I love about this is is they were not afraid to go right to the edge. Like and and, and so many times we hear about it and we talk ourselves, you know, you got to get you got to get to the edge. Jake, when we did the searching for Bobby Fisher, I love the line about you got to play to win. You got to go to the edge. Mm-hmm. You can't play to lose. And he says it at one point, he says, I've got to go into the belly of the beast. And one day it's going to kill me, but I'm going to be okay with that. And that yeah. to me is so sad, but yet so is it, it's like, it's terrible that they lost their lives, but they did. They lived their lives to the fullest. And they well, chose yeah, he, to be in those situations. Yes, absolutely. Right. And they and he talks about he's like I've lived a life. I've experienced yeah. I feel like I'm 100 years old with the experiences that I've had. And right. you know, they just they would I think there was a line where they talk about they would much rather live doing this kind of stuff or die doing this kind of stuff than live and not be doing yeah. it. And and yeah, like you said Val, they chose to do this. And this was their passion when they talk about when they would come back to Paris and she would write the books and he would put the films together. You know, a lot of times people talk about doing stuff so they can make movies about it. And I feel like in the influencer world that we live in with social media and everything, people go out to have experiences so they can post it online so they can post movies about it or videos about it. No, these people made videos and books so that they could go to these volcanoes. If they right. could find funding and money and other things without having to make the books and the films and everything else, then they would have. But that's what enabled them to go out and be and fund the things that they were doing. The um, and also and that's to the difference the between passion. Yeah. And also, yeah, to spread that education on, mm-hmm. you know, what we don't know and what we do know and what people can do like that. They were very passionate about people understanding. And it was one of their videos um that helped the the volcano that happened a week after they passed away right you know yeah. another a video that they had put together prior helped that town survive um and so you know their everything was put to good use and i think that's why they were so probably calm about it because not at one time during any of the footage that i saw did i see them um seem frantic or right. upset they were always very they were there having fun or they were in deep thought of learning and understanding or having fun like there was a lot of you yeah. know 
you yeah. know, messing around with friends and camping and laughing and, and making jokes. And so they had a good time. So many cars that they went through that didn't make <laughs> it, <laughs> um, you know, yeah. just like, you know, so much like nothing stopped them from doing what they needed to do, not even themselves. And I think a lot of the time yeah. when you get people that are this smart, that then do realize how to get what they want to get out of life. Um, that power goes somewhere and either the couple splits up or, you know, people just end up doing the wrong thing. Um, mm -hmm. When you're that smart, like I can't tell you how many documentaries I, I watch where things don't end right. well. And this doesn't end well for them, but they knew it was coming at some point. And the thing yeah. that's amazing about the, the filmmaker putting this film together is like Jake said, they tell you right up front, they don't survive like this yeah. is footage right. from the day before they die but then when they start talking about the backstory and their relationship like you forget the fact that you're that these people are dead yeah like you yeah. forget that this is happening and then when it comes around you're like oh my like it hits you like a ton of bricks yeah. at the end because you're like oh i whoa crap you know because now you're so invested in these people and i think that that is a real testament to the filmmaker and to the end of the footage. I mean, you've got to have good footage in order to be able to do that, but mm -hmm. it takes skill as an editor to pull that off. Yeah. I don't know. I, I started to think as it got closer and closer to the end that the way they were going to go was in this canoe idea that he had to ride the river <laughs> canoe. Cause I'm like, this, that's not going to work. I don't care what, like, that's just going to fall off. Oh my like, gosh. That was but, just, I mean, yeah. when you see, that big cloud coming. Oh, yeah. And you hear that like a fire truck or whatever. And then there's a guy just running in yeah. front yeah. of the fire truck. I'm like, I don't think the fire truck's going to make it. Pick up that guy. Why aren't you getting that guy? Like, get yeah. the guy. <laughs> yeah. And then you see it pull back and move. And I was just like, oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. I I liked as they were talking about the the canoe thing and they're like, well, yeah, I had this idea when we had taken this dinghy out on this sulfuric acid lake. And he's like, it was the two geologists that went because the geochemists were too smart. They understood what was going on. And like they're out and you just see the footage of them just in this dinghy. I'm like, they, that could tip over like in a second it, and they would be dead. Yeah. And, and, they and then when they put this temple thing in the, in the, water slash acid and they're like yeah and then the cable it just ate through the cable and so we just left it and decided it was time to go back but how many people decided? can say that they have voted on a lake of acid not many not not most well, of them are doing yeah, acid most of them don't make and it back that's happening most of them are on acid yeah yeah either that or or they just don't make it back at all uh, so we didn't even but, know <laughs> well that was it and when they're in the dinghy like i'm picturing them like yeah we went out on this dinghy on this lake of sulfuric acid i'm thinking they must have put on like those suits no no they were just like in shorts and no yeah. shirt just you know like they were and going I, out on a lake i thought that no they'd go out like five six feet like just just barely offshore to say you did it and come back nope <laughs> i really yeah. wanted them to fish out one of those three-eyed fish from the simpsons yes <laughs> Yes, that would have been awesome. <laughs> Blinky. But I think one of the most poignant things in this movie too is they talk about like 
how short our lifespans are when compared to to geologic time. Yeah. And we don't think about that because like, I don't know, I'm, I'm getting to the age guys where I'm, I'm having friends kind of starting to pass and family members are passing and it's like a midlife crisis, you know, and you start thinking about, I've got time that's ticking and the world's Mm going to keep moving and it doesn't, it's, it's weird. It doesn't seem like it should, you know, but they talk about how like, just these lava flows and the amount of millennia that it's taken for these flows to get where they are. And it's just incredible to think about how short of a yeah. time span we really have here. Well, and, and what are we doing to leave our marks, you know, yeah. and uh, making, making that time matter. Yeah. And I, yeah. and I don't know how you, I mean, obviously they left behind, volumes of information and scientific research and discovery and um, things like that. But, you know, that's not what everybody's calling is going to be or what everybody is going to want to leave their mark on. But it definitely makes you think what's the stuff as I watched it, I I, I'm with you, Tracy, as I watched it, I felt like, okay, what are the things that I want to do that I'm not doing right now? Right. And why am I not doing it? And you know, some of the choices that I've made since watching this um, have been good ones to help me move along in that path. And um, mine have not, I ate two donuts last night. It was not a good choice. I'm so sick now. I'm so sick. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry, Val. (laughs) I haven't eaten sugar in weeks. I know you've been been amazing. Not one, but two bad choices. Uh, yeah, I learned nothing from this documentary. But no, I mean, start, I learned something. It's you start it's again. Do, no, it's do what you want to do now because yes. you don't know. And I didn't. Yes. Now yeah. I know that I don't ever want to do that again because I am so sick right now. <laughs> but in the moment, you wanted to, so oh, you did so it. Delicious. So delicious. Yeah. It was so yeah. delicious. Yeah, we watched. Uh, and I wanted. I don't want to veer off too much, but I want to make sure uh, that I mention The Last of Us. And uh, I haven't seen it yet. I'm dying. So we watched the first episode of the last of us and watching that after watching this again, um, is kind of this weird, surreal thing, right? Because they're two worlds Mm -hmm. that are kind of breaking down, but in two totally different ways. And also the second Mm -hmm. season of the mayor of Kingstown, um, Mm. which if you haven't watched the first season, get on it because the second season's out. Who's in that one? Is that Brian Cranston? No, uh, Jeremy Renner. Jeremy, oh, Jeremy Renner. Renner. Sorry. Yeah. No. But yeah, it's just uh, no. It was a, I don't know what it was about this. Watching this documentary really opened up my eyes again to the fact that I love watching documentaries and stories about like our Earth. You know, and I know it's like, Val, you got a thing for natural disasters. I mean, I kind of do, but I think it's in that, it's in that understanding the people that have something in their mind that are crazy enough to go out and do it because somebody needs to, you know, like somebody needs to learn these things about volcanoes and about tornadoes and about, you know, like chasing all of these storms around the world so that we know Like, I love kind of seeing what those people are and what they look like and what they're thinking, but then also just in awe of the world around us and how insignificant we are. Right. Yeah. 
your TikTok video? <laughs> Volcanoes don't care about that. Tornadoes don't care about that. Tsunamis don't care about it. You can wow. do it and have fun. But like... Ju judging by the number of views I get on my TikTok video, nobody cares about that. <laughs> I mean, the dinosaurs were huge, massive, and now they're were, gone. Were they big on TikTok? I mean, they were big. I, they were big on whatever. They <laughs> I don't know on. what they called it back then. Branch off? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> rock, um, rock? I like Coconuts? that. Coconuts? I don't know. <laughs> um, well, if I learned anything from the Flintstones. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I I agree. It, yeah. yeah. But I, but I love the fact, too, that we as humans... We strive against that. Like there's part of us that recognizes how insignificant we are. Like just looking up at the sky at night and you're like, look at all of those stars and those took millions of years to get here. And mm -hmm. but at the same time, we strive to build and create art and music. And, you know, the, it's this weird dichotomy with humans, which I think is really fascinating about how we, we try to create something permanent, even in a world of impermanence. You know, mm -hmm. yep. I just love that there's there are things that exist in our world that it doesn't matter how famous you are, how much money you have. Yep. In that moment, we're all the same. Yeah. If if yeah. there's a tornado, we're yep. all the same. If there's a volcano, if there's an earthquake, like we're kind of all the same in that moment. Yeah. And Absolutely. and I like that. I like that feeling. I don't have to outrun Jeff Bezos all the time, but if there's a smoke coming <laughs> from a volcano, just that time, I have to outrun him. You have to outrun a fire truck. Yeah, <laughs> or get on the fire truck. Yeah, pick <laughs> them up. Uh, yeah, it it is amazing to think how small and insignificant we are, um, and it's humbling. But I don't know. It does give you that mixed feeling of okay, so what can I do? with what I've got. Well, and, and the, I love, I love the quote from Neil Peart, who was the drummer and lyricist for Rush. And he wrote about how he would try and wake up every day and say, what's the most excellent thing that I can do today. Mm. And that's how he lived his life. And I think that that is something that I strive to do, you know, because not every day is going to be excellent. Like there are days where you wake up and you're like, I really don't want to work today. I really don't want to go to this meeting. I really, but you know, even if we can just have little moments and little victories and little things where we can change somebody else's day, like opening the door for somebody or, you know, like buying a clerk a candy bar because they've had a long shift or something like that, you know, just little things like that to me are what makes the yeah. difference. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And that's all we can do. It's little things, as Frank Turner would say. Little, little changes. changes. <laughs> that's two musician quotes today, Jake. Way to go. I know. That's pretty good. We're doing pretty good. Val, uh, Neil Pert, by the way, yeah, I feel okay. like the no the news of his passing was like a day before my birthday. Worst birthday present oh, I've ever gotten. Three years. But, um, yeah. Real quick, if you are a fan, um, the band Why Why Not got together with some great musicians and did the Bubba Bash um, this last week and there's some of the videos are starting to come online, but they got, um, Peter Dinklage's brother who was part of the clockwork angels ensemble. Um, mm -hmm. he, they performed losing it. They did. Um, they had Mike Portnoy from formerly of dream theater. 
out there. Um, so there's some cool videos out there. Yeah. But yeah, terrible mm -hmm. loss. Yeah. All right. So as we look at Fire of Love, what are we going to give this movie for a grade? This amazing love story, love of volcanoes, love of each other. What do we grade it? It's an A minus for me. I like, I think everybody needs to see it at least once. Mm -hmm. I don't know mm -hmm. that you need to see it more than once. Although seeing it like a year after I saw it the first time, there were things that I missed the first time. And it was probably because I was trying to consume so many, you know, movies during mm. Sundance that it was nice to slow down and watch it again, not having to like be in that um, headspace. Right. Um, and I definitely love that you can just stream it. But I, again, I loved the sequencing. I loved, yeah. um, you know, even the music that they put along with it yeah. was so mm -hmm. like the, the epitome of what I think that they're, how they were as people, you know what I mean? Like, I yeah. feel like I knew who they were yeah. just through the music that they played to go along with. Yep. It was their personalities. And, but I just loved all the medium that they mixed in. I thought it, it, it was, it moved quickly, but uh, we still learned so much, but it didn't feel like we were being bombarded with knowledge. Right. You know, yeah. it, was, it taught us, it, it's exactly why I love filmmaking is because you can learn so much without knowing that you're going to learn anything at all. And of course, going into a documentary, you know, you're going to learn something. That's the idea of it. Yeah, hopefully. Um, right. But this is so much more than what you think it's going to be. Um, mm -hmm. So it's an A minus for me. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to go A minus as well. Um, totally agree with you, Val. Uh, I mentioned it earlier is, is so many times when we think of documentaries, we just think of very like factual news oriented, just data, um, and this isn't that. This is truly a, a look at two people's lives, the very interesting people um, who did what they loved, who lived every minute um, and spent it with someone else who found the same passions that they did. Um, it's a remarkable story. The, the footage is unbelievable. I mean, just some of the, the shots of the lava flows and the, the, the melted rock. And, you know, I mean, it's just... Just incredible to see. I kind of wish I had been able to see it on a big screen. I mean, I saw it on my TV here. Um, definitely mm -hmm. a film. If you can see it on a big TV, do so. Don't watch it on your phone or a tablet. It definitely deserves to be up on a bigger screen. But um, I'm I'm a big fan of documentaries. This one is not boring. This is not stodgy. Mm -hmm. um, it goes by quick. Um, highly recommend this one, A- minus for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to give it an A- minus as well. I don't know if that makes it almost triple A rated, I guess, but triple A rated. Triple uh, A, yeah. Triple A minus rated. Yeah. And <laughs> and I agree with with everything you guys have said. I really once you mentioned the music, Val, I thought, oh yeah, we didn't even talk about the music. I thought the selections for the music were just spot on. Mm -hmm. Um, like enough that I was looking to see if you could find the soundtrack out there because I really liked the song selection that much. Um, I didn't know that there were rock stars of uh, volcanology but these guys were it and it was really cool to see that um and you know it it does it just tells the story so well um just a great movie to sit down and watch um and learn about volcanoes and life and hopefully drive you to want to do better and be more and um, that's Avoid never donuts. a bad thing and well 
I mean, or you don't eat have more to. donuts. Yeah, like, eat, it's like to. whatever you feel like you need to do. do. What you, you, you need to yeah. do what you need to do. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So, well, there you go. If you have seen Fire of Love, we'd love to hear what you think about it. Go ahead and leave a comment on this video or on any of our social media posts, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, let us know what you thought about this movie. We are going to keep the Sundance train rolling and the feel good train rolling next week. When we talk about the movie living starring Bill Nigahee, how do you, <laughs> Nye? Bill Nye, not the science guy, no. but Bill Nye. Lightning. Yeah. Lightning. And he's one of my favorite actors. So I'm excited to watch. And this is going to uh, be another movie. one. You might give me a text in the middle of watching it and be like, Val, you said it was a feel good. It's, it's more, it's more than what you think, but I really love the overall aspect of this film. Okay. So I, yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't either. I'm intrigued. I read the synopsis. So I, I, I hope I kind of know a little bit of what to expect, but I still think there's going to be some good stuff in there. So we're excited to talk about that. Um, and then we begin in February, double O February. We've got some good stuff planned for that. So you guys will want to make sure that you're following us, that you're subscribing, you're getting notifications to know when new videos drop. Uh, so you don't miss any and February. Also, we are going to be seeing some new movies. So we're going to have some more MTMU reviews that we'll put up as well. Uh, that will be spoiler free for those movies. So, uh, please stay tuned. Yep. Ant-Man and the Wasp is coming out. Uh, yeah. So February really starts kicking some things off. Uh, in the meantime, though, you can find us anywhere on social media. Uh, we appreciate you listening and watching, and we won't see you at the movies. This has been an Age of Geek media production. 